Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Here we are. This is day seven, I believe. The search and rescue continues. Rescue efforts 24-7 without stop. China's cover-up that started in the Wuhan lab. China lied. The World Health Organization complied and people died. The trip that President Trump is taking to the border. This invasion. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Welcome in. It is News and Views. Tom and Benny and you and uh, lots to talk about today. There is, uh, by the way, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th. enjoyed it all. I think we're the only ones working this week based on traffic in Greenville. (laughs) (laughs) Tis true. A little point of personal privilege here, though, is we're working this week, but just heads up, I'm going to be off next Monday and Tuesday because the Greenville Little League North State 11-year-old All-Stars had an incredible, and I'm bragging here because my grandson Camden is on the team, they had an incredible district tournament up in Rocky Mount. Sorry for you Rocky Mount listeners. I know I shouldn't be rubbing it in. But listen, you, get, you all have a great team. But The Tar Heels <laughs> uh, had a great team, but the North State prevailed. And uh, I, I got to say, that was w- one of the most unbelievable games I had ever witnessed or been a part of as a, as a grandpa as a part of it. Uh, th- they were down 13. Uh, the, the game kept going back and forth and back and forth. Going into the sixth inning, uh, in the in the elimination game, they would have been out of it. They were down thirteen to eight. First guy gets up, pops out. They have some other uh, batters get on with walks and errors, and somebody else got out. It got to thirteen to eleven with two outs, bottom of the sixth inning, and a young man came up. Um, Ryan Albritton came up, hit a three run over the fence walk-off home run to win the game the next day that was thursday night friday night they won 10 nothing mercy ruled uh, rocky mount so they're headed up to winston-salem and it'll start this saturday and i got another grandson who's in the toss tournament but listen by the way a point of personal privilege here too as well you got to eat lunch somewhere tomorrow right so the greenville little league north state 11 year old all-stars are headed to winston-salem uh, our thanks go out to the uh, folks over at Texas Roadhouse. They're going to have a fundraiser for the Little Leaguers. It's going to be tea and lemonade and all kinds of good food. Uh, if you want to stop by, it's not going to be at Texas Roadhouse, however. It's going to be at 1804 Charles Boulevard, which is right next to the ECU football practice field. Lemonade and sweet tea provided by Texas Roadhouse. Also, grab your lunch there. They'll have pulled pork with rolls and salads available for a $10 donation. You can give more. We'll take we'll take checks for as much as you want to give. Um, but it's tax deductible. Make your plans for lunch tomorrow. Go out and support the Greenville Little League North State 11-year-old All-Stars. They're heading to Winston-Salem, and so am I. And that's why we won't be here next Monday and Tuesday. Do you get nervous watching your grandson? Only when he goes into pitch. Oh, okay. Which he did the other night. Just and the pitching has been phenomenal by these guys. Uh, it's it's a fun little t- I, look. I'd, I'd rather watch Little League than the World Series. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when when he's uh, when he goes into pitch, I have to admit I I get a little nervous. 
And I'm just the grandpa. I can't imagine how uh, the moms and dads do. Um, assuming the weather cooperates, and I, it looks like it probably will for the Little Leaguers, but uh, there is a tropical storm, which I guess right now is is it a hurricane yet, Elsa? Well, it got to a hurricane, and then I think it is it back down got already. Down just below once it crossed over, maybe Cuba, maybe. Um, but I haven't looked at it, the latest one. It's somewhere down near the Keys as we speak. Uh, it's they're referring to it in the news as Tropical Storm Elsa, near hurricane strength, expected to weaken by the time it reaches the Carolinas, but it's headed our way. So uh, come Thursday, it's basically going to be a Thursday event. Uh, it'll bring heavy rain, flooding, and strong winds to uh, eastern North Carolina. So just get ready. Good news. It's probably wind speeds 40 to 70 miles an hour and uh, extends 70 miles from the center. It looks like the center will go somewhere between, if the projections are correct, Right now, they're saying it's pretty much going to go up over eastern North Carolina, somewhere between the Iwago, probably between Greenville and Rocky Mount. Uh, so uh, just get ready. Bring in the uh, bring in the cat and the dog. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> Carolina Journal is reporting on Roy Cooper. He vetoed a bill Friday. This is unbelievable. This is so infuriating. Our governor is just infuriating. He vetoed a bill that would have ended the $300 extra weekly federal unemployment benefits in North Carolina. The bill would also have tightened job search requirements. Uh, Basically, we would be one of 50% of the states out there that would have said enough with the federal unemployment. And again, drive down any major artery in any eastern North Carolina town, large or small, and you're going to see help wanted signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. They can't find people. The reason why things are so expensive, they can't get things. I mean, I, we're talking to over the weekend, truck drivers, they can make a neighborhood of $200,000 right now, yeah. a year. There's a shortage in everything, every industry, because of one, not getting workers back, and, and the supply chain, you know, on up down the line. It just kind of makes the problem worse and worse and worse. Like I was talking to someone today. Um, if you want to get your house painted, you can forget about it. You can't get paint. I mean, it's just almost impossible to find paint. And it's from the manufacturers, you know, distributors and that type of thing. It's unbelievable. And, I, and Cooper does this. Yeah. I mean, does he not listen? Well, I know he doesn't listen to business people. He doesn't care. He, he listens to the minions at, at the at the top of the food chain up in Washington, D.C. Whatever the Democrat Party tells yeah. him, that's what he does. So they passed Senate Bill 116, putting North Carolina back to work. Senate uh, passed it 22 to, uh, 26 to 22, House 66 to 43, uh, 44. Three Democrats voted in favor of it in the House, none in the Senate. And um, Cooper said, no, no, we're, we're going to reject that because North Carolina's existing unemployment benefits are among the stingiest in the country. <laughs> you know, if, if people, be careful how I say this, I guess, but you're making a choice if you choose not to go back to work. That's a choice. Um, it's not because you can't find work. There's plenty <laughs> you, of work out you there. You may not find the work that you want at that particular moment, but if people were out on unemployment, because of the pandemic, these places are back to work now. It's just no excuse. It's it, just, I mean, it, you're going to stay home. Get a check, stay home. Yeah, but, I mean, the, 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 the comment 
Well, I'm not going to ve- uh, I am going to veto this and I'm, you know, we'll continue to give out the money because we're being stingy. Yeah. I mean, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? I, I mean, the the idea that oh, we want to just be so so generous with what we give away. Because they think it grows on trees. Somebody is paying for this. Well, the data doesn't lie. If you look back at the, uh, you know, the, what, 2008-ish, 9-ish, you know, recession based on the financial crisis and all, and they had the extended unemployment for so long, (laughs) hey, the unemployment rate didn't go down. It didn't go down. didn't go down. All of a sudden, they ended it. Bingo. And it skyrocketed. it, It just fell off the table. I love the old Jerry Stol- uh, Falwell story where he says uh, he some some farmer gave him a couple of hound dogs and he said, "Now Jerry, these dogs will only eat red meat." And uh, Jerry went out to the Southern State store and bought a hundred pound bag of dog food, dry dog food, put it out for the dogs, and he said that farmer was right; they didn't eat it. Mm-hmm. Three days later, they did. <laughs> yeah, well, well. Kind of like the cattle business. If you feed cows out of a bag in the morning time, they're not going to graze all day. Yeah. If you don't give them anything and they're looking at the barn saying, you going to come feed me? After a while, they'll put their head on down on the grass yeah. and stay in the grass all day. Even cows and dogs get it. Yeah. Roy Cooper does it. Roy Cooper doesn't. Um, Roy Cooper, again, takes his orders from uh, the DNC. PJ Media, along with a number of other media outlets, is reporting that Nicole Hannah-Jones She was the uh, 1619 Project founder and uh, journalist. Can we use that word, journalist? Mm -hmm. Loosely. Loosely, very loosely. Um, She has rejected the uh, Chapel Hill offer to come up there. And uh, and by the way, they did offer her a tenured position. She rejected that. Uh, She was on CBS Morning News. she said, "It's pretty clear that my tenure was not taken up because of political, uh, was not taken up because of political opposition, because of discriminatory views against my viewpoints, and I believe because of my race and gender." Yeah, <laughs> poor, about, poor victim. How about her past racial and divisive comments that she's made? Not yeah. to mention the sixteen nineteen project is hogwash. There's no other way to say it. Historians across the country has been saying that. But how about the, the things that she said, you know, years ago? We've we've talked about it yeah. on the program. Yeah. Do you think anyone that's a conservative at any university would say in those kind of comments about the black race of what she said about the white race? Not only would they not get tenured, they would not get a freaking interview yeah. in America. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she she did what she set out to do. She got attention on her. She got everybody. She's got these dumb, idiotic athletes and entertainers that don't know anything to come out and say something, and they don't even know the facts of the situation. So she she accomplished that. Now she's got a job at Howard University where she can just you know go live life in an echo chamber. What it boils down to, you know. Interestingly, even NPR, even NPR discredited her sixteen nineteen project. Yeah, and just talked about the, the falsities. And by the way. Was it even in, one of the interesting things that uh, NPR brought up was um, well, you didn't even get your narrative correct, even if you want to be empathetic to the the whole issue she's bringing up, because they're saying um, no, actually the first um, slaves showed up; they were brought in by the uh, Spanish um, back in the seventeen hundred or the fifteen hundreds, fifteen seventy, fifteen twenty six, in fact. 
1526, enslaved Africans were a part of a Spanish ex, uh, expedition to establish an outpost in North America. Uh, they showed up in South Carolina. So she didn't even get it right, even when she's trying to write this false narrative that critical race theory began. And, and that's what it is, basically, is an extension of critical race theory, the Marxist ideology, and she's she's basically taking it all the way back to the founding of America, that everything that happened in the United States is based on uh, uh, slavery. And this is the same woman that on her resume— um she probably doesn't brag about it now, but she spent two years in Cuba studying under Raul Castro. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and th- that's that's pretty much all you need to know. Do we isn't want to learn anything from Cuba from a Castro? I don't think so. So, um, in April, UNC's Husman School of Journalism announced that Hannah Jones would become the night chair in race and investigative journalism taking a nightshare professorship endowed by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. The professorship brings up top professionals to classrooms to teach and mentor students. So what would the lesson plans be? Mm-hmm. Lying and how to get away with it? Well, you know, absent this critical race theory argument and everything else, this is just another example of the bloated budgets in colleges and universities yeah. <laughs> that they would put her – on the payroll with that that amount of salary for tenure, and even consider it for doing what? What what is she going to do? How how many classes you going to teach? Any? Propagate the garbage. Yeah, it's propagate the garbage. That's uh, that's what uh, she would do. And apparently, I I, I you know, th- this is actually a good news story. She's not coming, and I mean that's what we were hoping for. We were hoping that actually the the board would have continued to reject the calls for her to get tenure. They caved which I think we said, yeah, don't be surprised if they do. But the fact that she is not coming now, although knowing UNC Chapel Hill, they'll try to find someone just as liberal, such as just as radical. But um, she's not the one. So it didn't have anything to do with that red hair, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, she said it had nothing to do with uh, her racist comments. It had nothing to do with her falsifying a narrative that which which was outlandish um she says it was because she's a black woman pure and simple good grief wow. speaking of black women uh far left representative cory bush from uh, missouri she is now facing widespread blacklash blacklash pardon me backlash although she's facing it from a lot of uh, conservative black she says blacklash what she says but. <laughs> she said she tweeted, when they, didn't say who they were, when they say that the 4th of July is about America freedom, American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land, and black people still aren't free. Uh, she got slammed by black conservatives. Uh, Daryl Harrison Cori Bush is an angry black woman, a very angry black woman. Her anger is eating her alive from the inside out. I pity her because the freedom she seeks is not the freedom she needs. As such, freedom will continue to evade her as long as she carries that anger within her heart. Uh, Leo Terrell, political commentary, quote, do not respond to this idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Telling it like it is. She just wants attention. She hates herself. Yeah, I think these guys both have have have, the, have a point. Mm-hmm. Terrell says she hates herself. Harrison says, you know what? Uh, she's 
She needs to be pitied because of the anger that she carries. And she is. Have you ever seen her? Oh, yeah. yeah. She is an angry individual. And when she says they, what what is she saying? They who? They who? But, white but, people? But, well, she wants to say know. white people. That's what she wants to say. She wants to call them whiteies. That's what she, she's just dying to say something like that. But yeah. to think this is a sitting congressman. Where's she from? Uh, Missouri. Yeah. 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 The show me state. Well, show me another. Show her the door. Show, yeah. Show <laughs> show me somebody else that can represent Missouri, please. Stay with us. We're going to take a time out when we come back. Uh, unfortunately, over the holiday weekend, uh, it was uh, pretty violent in the inner cities. And uh, so the the violence, the defund the police, uh, continues to have its ramifications. We'll talk about that when we get back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. I'm going to go through the week uh, a day off, thinking today was Monday. Uh, take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, mostly clear or low around 70. Uh, tomorrow, a slight chance of th- uh, showers and thunderstorms later in the day as Elsa approaches. Uh, looking at tomorrow night, a chance of th- uh, showers and thunderstorms before 8 o'clock. Only about a 30% chance. Then on Thursday... Uh, the chance of rain is 90%, uh, possibly one to two inches with Elsa. Thursday night, the showers will move out. Basically, Elsa is going to be a one-day event in terms of uh, heavy downpours. And uh, so get not ready. A very, not a very big storm either right now. So. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653, to find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. And again, that reminder, uh, tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., there'll be a fundraiser for the North State 11-year-old All-Stars. They're headed to Winston-Salem for the state tournament. It will be a lemonade and sweet tea provided by Texas Roadhouse with your donation. Uh, you can enjoy pulled pork, rolled salad. Um, we do appreciate your support. And uh, go Greenville Little League All-Stars. It will take place at 1804 Charles Boulevard, which is right next to the ECU football practice field. So come out and support a good cause. Speaking of baseball, <laughs> Cousin Eddie, Joe Biden. <laughs> on Friday, he hosted the Los Angeles Dodgers, the World Series champs, and uh, they came to the White House, and Joe, old senile Joe, you know, he, he doesn't have a filter, so I don't know if that, um, exactly what that does, but he says things that are totally outlandish, thinking he can get away with it. So while the Dodgers are there, and, and you talk about being a narcissist. <laughs> so he's there to honor the best players in baseball, currently in baseball, the best. And uh, who does he shine the spotlight on? One of the long ball hitters? One of the pitchers? The manager? No, he shines it on himself. He starts to tell a story 
about how when he was playing in one of the first congressional baseball games, he said, I just want you to know that we have a congressional baseball game every year. In the very beginning, I used to be the center fielder in my Walter Mitty dream. Anyway, it's a long story, Biden began. My kids only remember two things that ever happened to me in my career. My boys. And they've met kings and queens, and they've gone to other countries, yeah, like uh, China. China, <laughs> Ukraine. <laughs> because on, but I played in the second congressional baseball game at the old stadium, in the old Washington Stadium, he continued. And I hit one right off a center field wall. Bounced it off the wall, and I think it's—I think it's 368 feet. I don't know exactly, but uh, it was off the wall. And I'm rounding, and anyway, to make a long story short, my kids remember that and all the rest. And guess what? The only thing I remember too, yeah, I thought, uh, what could have been? What could have been? <laughs> uh, well, what could have happened is you were immediately fact-checked by the National Republican Committee. Uh, Zach Parkinson looked in, and as it turns out, he actually found a newspaper clipping from the Baltimore Sun for the second congressional baseball game. That would have been 1974, and they reported uh, you went 0 for 2, (laughs) a ground out and a strikeout. Uh, In 1975, he was uh, late for that game. Uh, He got caught in traffic, so only got to play one inning, and yet he was so vain that when the Delaware paper reported on, on that, that particular congressional baseball game, it reported he was a no-show. And so he made them run a retraction stating that, no, he did. He showed up late and played an inning. Um, least you think this is untypical. Hitless Joe cousin. Biden. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so shoeless Joe Jackson, hitless Joe Biden. But, but you, see, you know, I mean, Joe wouldn't go bragging on these kind of things, right? Come on, man. Even the liberal Huffington Post reported back in 2012 that Joe Biden was giving a speech and was talking about the time he was playing football for the University of Delaware. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) And no, he did not play for the University of Delaware, but it didn't stop him from saying it. And even the liberal Huffington Post called him out on it. And uh, lastly, I mean, this is the trifecta here. He also claims he's a six handicap on the golf course, <laughs> which, you know, if you're, if you're not a golfer, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, that is really good. I mean, I, I play golf as often as I can, and I'm right in the middle of the pack. I'm about a, a 12 to 13 handicap, and that's pretty much what the average amateur hacker is. Uh, the number of male golfers in the United amateur male golfers that are six handicapped, like three percent. Yeah, I, I don't even believe that. <laughs> That's another lie, yes. Oh, oh, of course he can. Okay, yes, you think? <laughs> Joe, cousin Eddie Joe. It just, it just continues. That's like some speech he was given one time at to some historically black college. What was it he said? Did he say he had an honorary doctorate from there? I, he said something just like <laughs> off the wall, and everybody's kind of looking around like, that's news to us. I mean, but, but dude, these people, I'm sure they tell him, Joe, please keep your mouth shut. Please keep your mouth shut. By the way. Uh, it's got to be the most stressful job in America. Is being, trying to keep him under wraps. <laughs> yeah. Politico actually went and asked the White House, the Biden White House, 
about his claim of uh, hitting it off the wall, and uh, there was no response from the White House, which pretty much tells you that. Yeah, yeah. that's old Uncle Joe. So, mm. uh, Speaking of Uncle Joe, they have uh, changed the United States passport rules. Now, this would be really good for security reasons. Um, they are now going to allow Americans on your passport to identify as male, female, or X, mm. non-binary. That's, yeah, that's great, Joe. <laughs> so that'll that'll help with uh, if you know if you ever travel overseas and you have to have your passport. I mean, these other countries they at least the last time I was traveling overseas they they take it pretty seriously. They, they take your, it real serious. Yeah, they look at it up one side and down the other. They examine it, and you know if they think there's something fishy going on, well, thanks to cousin Eddie, it's going to be a they little have harder better, for them to do their job. They have better security in the British Virgin Islands than we do in the United States. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, by the way, taxpayers could be on the hook for billions in damages to uh, the Canadian firm that uh, was affected when Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline. TC Energy. Mm. Um, they have officially shut down the work on the Keystone Pipeline because Biden revoked a key permit. On Friday, the company behind the project filed a notice of intent with the State Department, the Office of Legal Advisor, to initiate a legacy North America free trade agreement claim under the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement to recover economic damages resulting from the uh, cancellation of the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, and we are talking about $15 billion wow. that the taxpayers will be on the hook for. Now, why should the taxpayers have to pay for what this brain-dead liberal did totally on his own via an executive order? Now, I'm sure there are other liberals behind that getting him to uh, sign the executive order. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, 10,000 jobs are lost. And, I mean, these have been high-paying jobs, not only to put the pipeline in, but once the pipeline was up and running, would have continued to be implemented. I don't know if there would have been 10,000 when it was finished. But, I mean, this is a project that would have gone on for a couple of years. High-paying union jobs. Not to mention what the effects it will have on uh, oh, yeah, it's had on price. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so basic rules of supply and demand. Yep. Um, I mean, the markets already know, hey, we're – we're just limiting another supply source. Yep. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> mm. You know, the and more and more, I mean, we talked about this uh, on Thursday. The polling is not good for Joe. Even from Democrats, it's going in the wrong direction. It's never been good for Republicans being polled, but the, even the Democrats are just sick of it at this point. He's, he's actually impressed me. that the, the speed of which he's screwed things up has really impressed me. <laughs> I mean— I, I didn't even think he was capable of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's it's you stop and think about it. It's it's he is truly the puppet, and the puppet master is is pulling the strings because Joe couldn't accomplish this many no. boondoggles, even as as goofy as he is, he couldn't do it. It's, it's President Obama's team and oh, yeah. President Obama. I, I Obama would be, I would be willing to bet. I would love to know. I, I would think. Multiple times a day, uh, President Obama, former President Obama, is calls make, making calls to his staff, and I mean this this is this is his third term without a doubt. 
Bingo. And I've said all along, and I still say it, something has been in the works. There's absolutely no way the Democrat Party, for everything they are, they're not stupid. There is absolutely no way they will put Vice President Harris up to run for a second term. It's just not going to happen. It won't be Joe Biden. Anybody that says it's going to be Joe Biden. I'll be surprised if he's alive. I'll be surprised if he makes it through the end of the year. But there has been a deal cut by the vice president and somebody in the Democrat Party. That they, Michelle? They, I think it's Michelle Obama. Michelle? Michelle, my she, she would never survive a Democrat primary because, you know, the, the news media, the liberal news media, I mean, they've got seven or eight Democrats that they got to be somewhat fair to. She would never survive that. She doesn't have the temperament to survive that. If she goes in with no one running against her, then guess what? The news media will be hands off. Oh, yeah. As as they are now. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I'm con- still convinced there's something in the works. Uh, Clark, did you find that uh, clip? Oh, we're still working on. We're trying to get the um, uh, uh, the lieutenant governor Mark Robinson gave a great speech. And we'll try to get it on our Facebook page or our, 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 our uh, web page, Facebook, um, website. Thank you, Tom. Uh, ENC News <laughs> and Views. Um, and we're going to try to get a, a portion of that to play it for you in a little bit here. Uh, over the weekend, the holiday weekend, almost 200 people were shot dead in the United States, hundreds more injured. Uh, naturally, liberals uh, never wanting a crisis to go to waste or bringing in new calls for greater gun control. Uh, about 189 people, we're still counting, uh, died over the weekend, 516 injured in shootings in a 72-hour period in Chicago. And they're always the front runners in this. A 15-year-old boy was in critical condition after being shot. Five other children, ages uh, 13 and under, were amongst the 104 people to suffer gunshot wounds in Chicago. Two Chicago police officers were amongst the injured, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. By 5 p.m. Monday, Chicago had recorded 2,000 shootings this year. Just last week, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, this is a cut one, Derek, Lori Lightfoot claimed crime is not out of control in the city. The mayor's response came after a Newsmax reporter asked about the -the off-the-charts violent crime. Here's what Lightfoot said just a week ago. Let him ask his follow-up question so he doesn't claim that somehow we're being biased and slighting the guy from Newsmax. Please, sir, it's 6.30 going on 7. Ask your follow-up question. Well, um, my follow-up question is simply this. Many uh, residents in Chicago feel that you've lost control of the city. Uh, now it appears as though you've lost control of the Chicago City Council. Uh, do you owe an apology to the victims of violent crime, the thousands of unsolved shootings and murders and stabbings and random stampings in and, and the downtown and the south side and the north side and the west side? Do you owe, so, do you owe so, these people any so apology? So once again, sir, I, I ask you to get your facts right. Um, crime is not out of control in our city. In fact, crime is on the decline. All of our major indices showed a decline in in um, crime and our homicides and our shootings year over year are down. That's a fact, sir. And you, sir, I was polite and allowed you to spew your rhetoric, which is offensive to me and others, but I'm trying to be polite and professional and answer your question. But if you want to write your own narrative and irrelevant to what I'm going to say and what the facts are, then we'll just move on to the next reporter. So who needs to get the facts straight? (laughs) 
Yeah, let's look at the statistics. Yeah. And and I'm sure she would probably start quoting some, you know, the bottom line is, you know, figures lie. And liars and, figure. And liars figure. And, you know, you can skew it whatever you want to, but th- the data is there. I mean, shootings are up, murders are up. And I used to spend a lot of time in Chicago on business years ago, and the the downtown area, I mean, you would never see a, see a shooting or any violence. I mean, you felt completely safe. Now, I wouldn't dare go down there. I've been to Chicago probably my last time. I went there last spring. I probably won't go back. It's too dangerous. Well, technically, the killings are down by six, <laughs> but the shootings are up uh, year over year. We just got better medical yeah. attention. Yeah. Um, and last week she was claiming that, uh, you know, the reason people were on her about her job was that just the simple fact that she was a black female. Oh, yeah. Uh, what this, you know, same thing that the uh, congresswoman from Missouri was saying. And, but you know, the condescending comments to this Newsmax reporter, you know, oh, let him ask the question because otherwise we'll be accused of being biased if we don't let Whitey from Newsmax ask his question. Um, Ms. Lightfoot, you were the one who came out and publicly pronounced that when it came to interviews, only people of color need apply. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you came out and said that. I mean, again, you're trying to change the narrative after you've painted yourself in the corner, and it won't work. I mean, we've got you on audio and video saying that. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, we've got to take another time out. Stay with us. News and Views continues right after this. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back in, Tom and Benny and Clark and uh, Derek. Derek is back. Uh, old producer from uh, months ago is back helping produce today. Mark Robinson over the weekend gave a great Fourth of July speech, and we can't we don't have time to play the whole thing. We're going to play a segment for you right now. Um, see if you can get the, the whole speech and put it up on ENC News and Views. Clark said he gave me the thumbs up on that. So if you want to hear the whole speech, you can go to it. But this is Mark Robinson uh, on the Fourth of July giving a uh, speech. I think this took place in uh, West Wits Wits. Whitsett, North Carolina? I yeah, outside of, yeah, outside of Greensboro. Yeah, okay, which is his home territory. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's Mark Robinson. Young men and women have given their lives for this nation. All the way from the beginning to this moment right now, they did it so you could sit in those chairs and listen to me right now. They did it so I could stand here and speak without some... Jack-booted thugs coming in here throwing chains on me and dragging me away. They did it so this nation could remain free and strong and proud and brave. And when I think about it, guys, every time it brings tears to my eyes. The way people have sacrificed for this nation. And then they hear people say that this nation is not good enough. That this nation is less than that this nation is racist. My God, where do you, what part of this country do you have to live in? Where are you at in your mind to say that this is a racist nation? Where? Show it to me. Bring it to me. Lay it at my feet. Any person that thinks that this is a racist nation, look here. I got a personal story to tell you. A personal story to tell you. 
I'm standing right here and I'm looking at all these different faces in here and I see people that don't look anything like me. Some of whom have embraced me in tears and tell me that they love me. And they don't love me because I'm a black man or because I'm a white man. They love me because we share a heart. We share a heart for this nation. We've reached a point in this nation where people don't care what you look like anymore. Just as long as you're standing up for what's right. And that's why we're here tonight, folks. We're here to stand up for what's right. Because we know what's right. And we have right on our side. And I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you, as you sit in those chairs, as you stand there, as you listen to me, if you don't think this is a fight, all you got to do is turn on CNN for five minutes. And your mind will be changed. And so, what I'm going to leave you with here tonight, guys, is this. It's time to stand up and be strong. You know, I said for many years, if we had a president that would just stand up and say what needs to be said, he'd get something done. And we had one in number 45. We sure did. And he got some stuff done. Folks complained about how he did it, but I'm going to tell you like this. Now is not the time to be soft-spoken and timid and afraid. Now is not the time to sit back and say, well, maybe we can negotiate. Now is not the time to put a pipe in the corner of your mouth and say, well, let's see what the book says about it. This is not the time for that, folks. We are in a, a battle for the soul of this nation, the literal soul of this nation. This nation is actually standing at a crossroads in a giant semi-truck called socialism. It's coming down the pike. Now is not the time to look at that, look at our nation and say, uh, oh, you need to look out. Is a truck coming? <laughs> now is not the time for that. Now is the time for us to stand up and say, wake up, America! Wake up! You are about to give away one of the greatest gifts God has ever given to humanity. You are about to give it away because you refuse to stand up like those who came before you. It is time for us to stand up, folks. It's time for us to be unafraid, unashamed, and unabashed with the truth that we have in us. And tell those socialist bastards who want to destroy this nation, you will not do it on my watch. You will not do it now. You will not do it ever. Because this is America. And I don't come from some weak, jelly-backed people. I come from people who survived the Middle Passage and the Potato Famine. And who survived World War I and World War II and Vietnam and Korea. And survived, uh, and survived the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Folks who survived 9-11 and thwarted the efforts of those who thought they would bully us. I don't come from a weak and ineffective people. And if you want this fight, you bring it. Because we are ready. Because we don't back down and we don't give up. We will fight for the life of this nation. And we will fight for the future of our children. You don't believe it? You're going to get a lesson. The same way the British did. The same way the Germans did. The same way the Japanese did. The same way the communists did. The same way those terrorists over in the Middle East did. You're going to get a lesson in what free men will do to hold on to their freedom. So hold on to your hats, communists. Hold on to your hats, socialists. The patriots are coming, and you're not going to like it when they get there. God bless you all. God bless the great state of North Carolina. And God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Wow. Mm. <laughs> I got goosebumps. Yeah, I have goosebumps. I'm not kidding you. 
Mark Robinson is hitting it out of the park over and over and over again, making national news. This guy, and he started out right here in the studio. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the first places. I mean, this guy is going to be on the national stage. I don't, you know, I mean, he needs to serve his time. He needs to learn what he needs to do. But this guy has got a incredible future in front of him and if you watch the video that's on our website now i think um dnc news and views you can see the whole speech he didn't have note cards he was pulling out of his pocket he didn't have a teleprompter he didn't have a sheet of paper he's speaking from the heart well that's what he was telling us when we had him on at the convention you know who writes your speech (laughs) nobody writes my speech i just do it from the heart and uh boy he's got a big heart but he's exactly right it's time for people to stand up thank you stay with us we'll be right back Fourth of July, we'll begin our summer of freedom. We get back to doing the things we love, like spending trillions and trillions of dollars and getting together with family and friends. We'll celebrate our independence from this virus and from the borders. I said I would go to the border, but why bother? It's the summer of freedom. (laughs) Be prepared. We'll build back better or for worse with Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now back to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. Welcome back in. Town Hall is reporting. Uh, we reported on this when it came out in January of this year that they were going to house men with women. If you identified as a woman and you were a male, you could go and be housed in a woman's prison. Um, well, guess what? There are now hundreds of lawsuits. The Women's Liberation Front is now suing and they're representing a number of females that are in prison i mean there's one case where this woman could not eat anything for three days because she was cold cocked by her male cellmate and in her her accusations against uh, her cellmate she's got to uh, consent to sexual relations Uh, that's what a shocker What a shocker. And yet uh, Newsom is so uh, progressive that he knows what's best. It's a mental disorder. Progressivism is a mental disorder. Big time. (laughs) Big time. Hey, uh, just a quick reminder, the uh, Greenville Little League North State 11-year-old All-Stars, go over and support them. They're going to Winston-Salem this weekend. They need your support. Uh, Thanks to Texas Roadhouse, it all takes place on Charles Boulevard next to the ECU football practice from 10 o'clock in the morning to uh, 2 p.m. Go and support a good cause. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.